You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, well, that's normally him. He's not still in the trash can. I know some of you may be worried about that um, based on our last podcast, but uh, today we're going to do a crossover episode with the guys over at Locked On Bearcats, a brand new Locked On family member, so happy to have them aboard. I'm going to talk a little bit about Cincinnati and Alabama, and this is something I did uh, late last week, so hope you enjoy it. Meanwhile, I want to go ahead and say, look, first of all, thanks to Sonos for being the title sponsor. Um, Sonos, go check them out, sonos.com. Also, I want to talk a little bit about the basketball game yesterday. I'm not going to spend a ton of time because I don't think it's a big deal uh, to talk a lot about Alabama-Jacksonville State, but Alabama looked like crap. You know it. I know it. Don't panic. It's okay. It's a long season. Um, There were a lot of upsets yesterday. Well, today is whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, Hofstra beat Arkansas. Uh, UConn lost. Auburn should have lost. Kansas was in a real struggle. Uh, You know, just all those kind of things. Don't sweat that game yesterday. Just, Just don't do it. Don't beat yourself up about that game. It's just not a big deal. Shaq played like he'd never played basketball before, but that's okay. He's going to get better. Um, It's going to turn around. I hope it turns around this Tuesday. As you know by now, uh, Alabama's not going to be playing Colorado State. They'll be playing Davidson, who's not bad. They're not as good as Colorado State, but uh, they're they're fine. Um, It won't kill us in the net rankings or anything. It'll actually be fine. So, anyway, not a lot to say. I, I probably, hopefully, will say some more after I go to this game in Birmingham on Tuesday. I'm hoping I go to it at least. I'm probably going to take my daughter. So maybe I'll see some of you guys there. Um, now I want to tell you about Prize Picks. PrizePicks.com. You can use their award-winning app. Total, total hit with me. Love Prize Picks. Been playing it all weekend. It's a lot of fun. So easy. And um, you can use promo code Locked On. You will get a 100% bonus up to $100. So, I mean, you can't beat that. Go to prizepicks.com. You can also use their award-winning app. This is a lot of fun. You can do things like take the over for Tua Tungvaluwa passing yards or touchdowns or under or whatever you want and just combine it with a few other things. You can do it, you know, for all Alabama players if you want to. You can do it college bowl games. You can do it college basketball, boxing. You can do whatever you want to at prizepicks.com. Or use their award-winning app. Remember to use promo code Locked On. Also, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the place to go to get that bet. And if you just want to bet straight up on the game, go to BetOnline.ag. Again, use promo code Locked On. You get a fifty percent welcome bonus. So, if you put in two hundred dollars, you'll get a three hundred dollars to play with. That's a lot of fun. BetOnline.ag is the way to go when you want to put that bet in online. Easy to pay in, even easier to get paid. Bet on whatever you want from football to reality TV. BetOnline.ag. And finally, Built Bar. Built.com is where you want to go for these delicious, nutritious, scrump delicious Built Bars. They're covered in chocolate. They're awesome. Should have had a Built Bar for lunch. I didn't. I ate some pizza because I'm stupid because Built Bar would have been a lot better for me. Built Bars also actually just taste better. Really, I wish I had a pizza-flavored Built Bar. That'd be cool. But Built.com. 
Go there and check them out. Use promo code Locked On. And I'm telling you, these things are covered in chocolate. They're good for a keto or a keto diet. You can't beat them with a stick. Built.com for these delicious, nutritious, scrumptious Built Bars. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoy the crossover with the guys from Locked On Bearcats. And uh, Jimmy and I will catch you next time. Hey, everybody. And welcome back in to Locked On Bama. But this time, it's going to be a Locked On crossover. I'm going to have Alex Frank with Locked On Bearcats with me today, and we're going to talk about the Alabama-Cincinnati game in Dallas, Texas. Alex, how you doing, buddy? Luke, I am fantastic. Thank you for having me on. This is uh, quite an honor to be doing this crossover with you as we are exactly two weeks away from the showdown in Texas. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, got a lot of questions for you, and I know you have some for me too. We're going to try and do this segment, make it about 12 to 15 minutes long. Um, but you know, first of all, I want to welcome you to the Locked On family. Look, this this uh, group, I, I've been with it, I think, since the since the start. I can't say like we were the first college uh, to to be involved, but we were close to it, Locked On Bama. And uh, man, it's been a wild ride. It's been a ton of fun, and it's growing like nobody's business. And um, so happy to have you, Bud. You're gonna love this. Luke, thank you. I'm excited to join, and um, a lot of great college podcasts I noticed on this, uh, in this, uh, what you call it, um, in the college section of Locked On, and I'm excited for the Bearcats to finally have one as we make the move to the Big 12. Um, there's, you know, push for a permanent athletic facility for the Bearcats, for all athletic teams, so it's a great time to be a Cincinnati Bearcat and Alabama success in football, and now, all of a sudden, look at what they're doing in college basketball. So this is a great time for me to join and for the Bearcats to have their own podcast as part of this network. All right. Let me let me go ahead and ask you this right off the bat. Um, are, are Cincinnati fans, in regards to this playoff, are they relieved or are they feeling like, finally, we get an opportunity? Or are, are they okay with the fact that, like, hey, we, we, we had to – maybe pay some dues to get into this, this field, because look, it's, I'm sort of on the fence on all this expansion stuff. I I don't want it to be everybody getting into, I don't want it to be the NCAA basketball tournament. I don't. Um, I want it to be kind of exclusive, but this year, I didn't think there was any way Cincinnati could be denied of getting in. I thought it was uh, they did all they needed to do to get into the field of four. So I guess I just want to know what you guys are feeling. You know, Luke, I don't think it's relieved what we're feeling is. I think we're excited to be a part of this college football playoff. And you saw that at the end of the American Conference Championship game. When all the fans rushed the field and they started even before that, in the final seconds of the game, everybody had their phones lit up and they're chanting CFP, and then they rushed the field. They, uh, We are the champions this playing, and you could see just how much this fan base has enjoyed this team and this season. But I think what you have to remember is this has been a process that goes back four years. This has been a four-year build for the Cincinnati Bearcats. I keep saying to people, Man, at the end of the 2017 season, Luke Fickle's first season, the Bearcats struggled to beat the UConn Huskies on their own home field. They won that game by just one point. Nippert Stadium may have been half full. You fast forward four years later, you're selling out every home game. You're going on the road to play Indiana. You win that game. 
and you have a whole contingent of Bearcats fans there. Then you go to Notre Dame, and Bearcat Nation takes over the stadium. And that's Notre Dame we're talking about. This uh, That's one of the most prestigious venues in all of college football. And so going back to 2018, just the gradual and progressional build of this program from being you know, a, a darling in their own conference, the AAC, to being in the conference championship game three years in a row, having one back-to-back conference championship games. And this year, going into the season, we knew there was that possibility. If they could win at Indiana and at Notre Dame, run the table in the American Athletic Conference, do so in quote-unquote style points fashion, and win the conference championship game, have a lot of other things go their way, which they have had happen to them this season. That's why they're in the college football playoff. But th- this fan base, I think, is excited. I, there might be some relief because, you know, of the committee and how they viewed them last year in 2020. They were penalized in the rankings because they didn't have they, they didn't play many games. In fact, only one before the Peach Bowl after the initial playoff rankings were revealed. So I think that they're excited and relieved at the same time. But you can definitely sense that this fan base is just they are fully embracing the Bearcats being in the college football playoff. But I want to say this, too. I think Bearcats fans have to be a little appreciative of what Central Florida did um, four, four and three years ago. I think you have to be a little appreciative of all those other group of five teams that paved the way that, yes, a group of five team can compete in this, as you call it, Luke, an exclusive club of four teams in the college football playoff. I mean, only four teams are in. And you think about the Bearcats from, you know, college football almost irrelevancy just five years ago to now being one of the top four teams, four teams playing for a national championship. This fan base could not be more excited going into the Cotton Bowl in two weeks. Yeah, and I think that's a great point about Central Florida. And I think that, um, you know, I think, Cincinnati did a great job by scheduling Notre Dame and playing them at their place. And even though Indiana didn't turn out to be what we thought they would be this year, I thought that was a good effort. The The one thing I would say, um, as not even an Alabama fan, just college football fan, I think Cincinnati also had Murray State on the schedule. And look, I know the SEC has some soup cans on their schedules as well. But I think when you're in, in Cincinnati's posture, it's always good to try, you know, go out and try and get a Purdue just – you know, Mississippi State, anybody, it doesn't have to be Clemson. It doesn't have to be Ohio State. But I think that um, it's better to have guys like that just so you can always say, hey, we beat somebody in your own conference too. So it's it's hard to do that. So I, I, kudos to scheduling Notre Dame and, um, and, since, and Indiana as well because I thought that was kind of cool and great point by you and UCF. Um, and secondly, just congratulations to you guys for being there. You're going to find it's a lot of fun. I don't know if you're going to the game or not but I've been to uh, every national championship Alabama's been in since 1992. And I have fun every single time. It it is not boring. It is a ton of fun. The atmosphere is usually great. Even last year in COVID, I thought it was kind of fun because uh, I got to stretch out a little bit, but um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing some of you guys down there and I hope you, uh, you bring a lot of enthusiasm. Now I want to talk about the game just a little bit before we run out of time. Uh, you guys have Jerome Ford, who I absolutely adore. I think he's awesome. Uh, I love him as a running back. I loved him at Alabama. He was sort of known as a big play guy when he was here, when he got his opportunities. Um, and obviously he transferred and, you know, did what's best for him. And I'm, I'm cool with that. And I'm glad he is having all this success with you guys. But uh, what do you think about Jerome Ford overall? 
I think he is the energy of this offense. You know, obviously this offense runs through Desmond Ritter, but to me, Jerome Ford is that energy bus of this offense. You know, he's he, he's only one play away from a big carry at any point in the game. You saw that in the Temple game with that 79-yard touchdown run to start the first, second half. You saw that against UCF uh, late in the first half. You know, he has come in and provided an, an instant jolt. Uh, and I'll even go back to the Peach Bowl back on January 1st with that 79-yard touchdown run to start the second half. He can break a he can break loose a big run at any moment in the game. And that's what makes this running game so potent. He comes in and replaces a guy like Michael Warren, who was, you know, I thought the energy of the offense in 2018 and 2019. And he is just, you know, he's he's come in, he's wasted no time. Last year you saw him break out towards the end of the season. And then this year he took over as the lead running back. Sometimes, you know, teams find a way to bottle him up at the line of scrimmage, but he is so good, and he gives that offense another dynamic weapon. If Desmond Ritter's not able to run the football, which he has struggled to at times this season, you still have Jerome Ford. And this offense, you know, you can – I mean, people can say that Desmond Ritter's their best player, and I don't disagree with that. But this offense, ever since Luke Fickle's gotten here, Luke, it's always been about the running game, and that's what Jerome Ford does. He – if he is if he's on the top of his game, this offense is tough to stop. Now, Luke, I want to turn the uh, attention to you. I want to I want to talk to you about um, John Mechie because a big storyline for Alabama is John Mechie's not going to play in the college football playoff. He tore his ACL in the SEC championship game against Georgia. So, how big of an impact do you anticipate that having? In this game, in particular, against Cincinnati, John Mechie not playing in this game. Um, I think it's a big deal. I really do. And um, I'm I'm known to be more of a nervous Nelly when it comes to Alabama, even in this run of dominance we've had. I, I just get concerned um, because everybody loves to say, well, Alabama just plugs in another five-star and here we go. But it doesn't really work that way. Uh, Alabama... John Mechie is very experienced, even at a time when we had Jerry Judy, uh, Henry Ruggs, uh, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Watt on the team. Some people thought John Mechie had the best hands on the squad. So that's going to be an issue to me unless one of these new freshmen can step up. And obviously, we've had a few play uh, very well recently, the Auburn game, for instance. And um, maybe they can step up. But this is going to be a huge stage. And Cincinnati probably has the best duo of cornerbacks we've played all year. So I, I think that could be a thing. Um, and, you know, it's it's just everybody thinks this is going to be a runaway. I mean, I keep hearing that nationally and I keep hearing that from Alabama fans. And I, I'm just I'm not of that posture. I think Cincinnati is a good ball club. And um, the one thing that people can say, well, they haven't played is you know, they haven't played as, through the SEC or whatever, and so they haven't been as battle-tested. That might be true. The other side of that coin is Cincinnati's more rested. <laughs> yeah, that's another way to look at it. Um, so I, I think Alabama's got a lot more injury problems than, than people want to admit. Uh, the cornerbacks, the Josh Job and Jalen Armour-Davis, uh, Job is definitely out. Uh, Jalen Armour-Davis is probably out. Um, and then Mechie being out, uh, the running backs, we're down to two scholarship running backs. That's a problem. That's a big problem. And both of them have issues of their own. So, look, I, I love Bryce Young. He's going to end up being the best quarterback in Alabama history, won the Heisman, all that stuff's fantastic. But, man, when you're in the final four 
when you're playing, uh, you know, one of the best four teams in the country, you you got to have your best game, even when you're Alabama. And so I think that um, it's, it's, it could be an issue. Cincinnati is going to give us a dogfight. From your perspective, how does Cincinnati beat Alabama? What do the Bearcats have to do, Luke, in your opinion, to pull off the upset as 13-and-a-half-point underdogs in this game? Uh, the one piece of advice I would give Cincinnati is um, don't, it, it don't fall for Alabama's knockout punch. Alabama's going to try and take out Cincinnati early. And usually that works for the Tide. I mean, usually they come in and they throw some haymakers and the other team gets down. They're like, how are we supposed to come back from this bunch? And if Cincinnati will just uh, play their game the entire time, I think they'll have an opportunity. Now, I mean, look, if these two teams play 50 times, I'm going to pick Alabama to win 40-something of them. I mean, it's, it's Alabama's more talented. I don't mean that as an insult. I just – I think the NFL draft will play that out. The recruiting rankings play that out. But uh, Cincinnati just doesn't need to get intimidated. Uh, the, the one game that I – a couple of games I can refer to, Notre Dame in 2012. Uh, Notre Dame looked, uh, looked around and saw Alabama was bigger than them at every position, and they lost before we kicked off. Same thing with Michigan State in the playoffs in 2015. Same thing with um, – Oh, Notre Dame last year, it felt like, in the playoffs. So I, I think that Cincinnati, just don't get intimidated, play your game, and hang in there. And realize Alabama's got some injury issues, so if, if they're hanging around in the fourth quarter, anything can happen. What is that early knockout punch, Luke, that you're referring to that Alabama's going to try and throw at Cincinnati? I think Alabama's going to try and, like, the, the best word I know is intimidate Cincinnati early and, and uh, maybe go for a deep ball to Jamison Williams. And, and it may connect. But my point is, don't feel like you have to uh, match that immediately and quickly. It, it doesn't have to be that way. If Cincinnati will just play their game, I think they can be in this thing for a while. And also, uh, try and use some ball control. Keep Alabama's defense on the field. Keep Alabama's off the field because – Alabama's offense off the field because if you can keep the offense off the field and the new receivers that Alabama's going to have to depend on, if they can't get into the flow of the game very well, that could also play very well into your hands. And and Luke, I think that's a great point you bring up there. If Alabama does try to take a deep shot early, sometimes in a game like this, I think what the Bearcats need to do is they just need to keep Alabama off the field. How do they do that? Well, like I mentioned, you use Jerome Ford. Even if Jerome Ford doesn't have that breakaway run of 79-whatever yards, you know, just continuing to run the football, pick up those three to four yards of play, move the chains, hold the ball for, you know, six or seven minutes at a time. What the Bearcats do so well is they can score very quickly. They have a lot of quick scoring drives this season. But if they're able to hold on to the ball for long periods of time, that's going to wear down Alabama on the defensive line, I think. And if you're Cincinnati on offense, you can't on defense, excuse me, you can't let Alabama, you know, just impose their will on you. And I think you bring up some great points. I've watched Alabama in the playoff so many times, and they just, like you said, before kickoff, they know they have the game won against Notre Dame in 2012, Michigan State in 2015. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about the teams that were able to go toe to toe with them. And the only team that's the only team that's really been able to do that is Clemson because they simply believed they could play with them, and sure enough, they beat them twice. So 
if Cincinnati, and I think we saw this last year in the, I don't know how much time we have left, but I'll, I'll just make this final point. In the Peach Bowl last year against Georgia, my thought process going in was, well, it's great that the Bearcats are there, but, you know, Georgia's, you know, bigger, they're more athletic, whatever. They're, they're just simply the better team. And no, Cincinnati held the lead for a majority of that second half. And I still to this day think they should have won. And, but what we took away from that game was in Cincinnati was we can play with any team in the country, including Georgia. Who's to say we can't play against, uh, excuse me, who's to say the Bearcats can't play against Alabama? And I think you're right, Luke. This is going to be a much more competitive game than some might think. And I'm excited for, for this opportunity for Cincinnati to play what I call the gold standard of modern college football in Alabama. Hey, buddy, this was a lot of fun. Let's do it again closer to game time and um, hope to see you down there. Absolutely, Luke. Thank you. And I, it's great we're going to do this again because I have a lot more questions about Bryce Young, Will Anderson, and uh, what Alabama did so well against Georgia in the SEC championship that, you know, w they were able to eat that rat poison pretty well. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks, Alex. Luke, thank you. Have a good day.